but I did, I did what any other 19 year old lad yeah. would do I bought a big TV and an Xbox and got really good on FIFA <laughs> Welcome to Off Book, a podcast from The Young Vic where we have conversations with creatives who have recently inspired us with their work here my name is Dan Delamotte, and I am delighted to be joined by the theatre director, Josh Parr. Josh, thank you for joining us for Off Book today. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Josh, let's start right at the beginning, and I'm going to ask you where you're from, what it was like, and uh, whether theatre played any role in, in you growing up. Um, okay, uh, where am I from? I'm from Rugeley, a small town in the West Midlands. Um, what's it like? <laughs> There ain't much going on. Uh, I guess that's part of the reason. Why, <laughs> I guess it's part of the reason why I left. But in terms of the theatre and that, now nah, not I, nothing, nothing that I can remember. Drama was always uh, a bit of a dos lesson, where where the lads <laughs> are just in the corner. So oh, we've got to do a scene. Okay, let's do a fight scene. Da, da, da. That's fun. I wouldn't remember my most vivid memory of being in drama class was they pull out a big sheet Mr Wharton he's left the room he's gone out so all the boys say oh let's put someone in the sheet and we throw him across the room <laughs> and I was the smallest so I had to get in and they put about three lads on each side and they're like you ready Josh and I'm like yeah I'm ready I'm like oh look I'm with the cool kids I'm cool I'm cool and I go one two three and they wang me across the room and I just land straight on my knee and I had to walk home and I couldn't walk on me on my knee. That's the only memory that I have of drama <laughs> when, I, when I was growing up um, at school. I never did any, I can't remember was ever having a show at school. I can't remember going to watch anything, even a pantomime. So if you if you n- never really had theatre um, growing up, I'm, I'm curious as to why you you found it or how you found it uh, as, as something that you wanted to pursue as a career so when I was 18 I decided not to go to university my grades were terrible I think I got like CEE when I was at college um, and I just I didn't know what I was like well I don't know what to do I, let me just I'm just going to stick around and see what happens and my dad I think he was a bit disappointed that I never went to university he's never openly said it but he said well if you're not going to uni you're going to come work with me and I said oh well, a job amazing let's do that what is it that you do again dad and he's like oh, okay I work in a foundry you're going to be working in the ingot store you might do some of the stuff in the in, in the actual foundry as well what is a foundry it's pardon my ignorance so, so foundry is where they kind of they take metal and they melt it down and my dad's one was uh, not that he owned it but where he worked was an, dealt with aluminium ingot so an ingot is like a, a gold bar just bigger and made out of aluminium <laughs> wow. so, yeah so they they, 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 gr- they get all the metal together melt it down and sometimes I'd like stand at the end of the track and stack some of it but for the majority I would be banding it all up getting it ready for the lorry measuring it weighing it all off and a series of events led to me getting sacked from that job me getting sacked from there was maybe the catalyst for me getting on this track because when I got sacked because all the all the weights on on the the bundles were wrong, so we were sending stuff to the fact to to the people that bought us, and they're going hang about. This one's not the weight that you said it was. You're 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 not selling us what you should be selling that's us. That's your fault, was it? That's what they said. <laughs> but I <laughs> I remember distinctly going to a guy who used to be my boss and saying to him, "I need a help. I need a hand. I need some help." And 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 I was messing stuff up and I'd always ask him and my dad always said don't go to him don't go to him come to me and I'll help you out so I was like okay cool and in the end they sacked me because of that reason because of all the stuff was messed up 
and uh, my dad came and told me that that I was getting sacked. He said, don't tell them that I told you, but when you go in, tell them that you already know. Cause my dad, he was really annoyed at that, that he felt that I hadn't been supported as much as I should have been. Cause I was only, I was 18 and I was running the, one of the key parts of the, of the business with a, a lad who was like 16. We were, we were useless. <laughs> we, 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 yeah, we were proper, we were proper crap at the job. <laughs> and I got, yeah, I got, I got sacked and, and I remember when I got told, when my dad told me, he walked off, I started crying. And I called up my mum and I said, I've let, I've, let, I've let dad down, I've let him down. And um, she's like, no, you haven't. Don't worry about it. And I went up to the office and I got sacked. And I just remember my mum come pick me up and my dad was fuming. And um, a few weeks later, they must have discussed it or something at work. A few weeks later, I got a call from the guy who runs the place. And he was just like, oh, we never supported you. You can't come back. And if I, I got a feeling that you don't really want to come back. And he, he paid me like a month's wages and said, go and go do something. To go and go try and do something with yourself. And I was like... Go and make some seeds of where it's worse, weren't they? <laughs> Not, but I did, I did what any other 19-year-old lad yeah. would do. I bought a big TV and an Xbox and got really good on FIFA. What team were you? I w- not Bolton. Oh. I, w- I definitely weren't Bolton because they were that good. I used to play as um, not Manchester United, but I used to do the ultimate. I used to do the ultimate team thing okay, yeah, and get a good yeah. ultimate team. And and I was yeah, I was I was like king on that game. And I, <laughs> I it was one of the happiest moments of my life, being smashing everyone on FIFA online. And I come I come to London for Christmas because my auntie lived here, and we was in the pub playing a bit of pool. And I said, Auntie, I said, yeah, I'll come live with you. And she's like, Yeah, 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 go for it. But I don't think she thought I was serious. And I showed up with my suitcase just the end of January and uh, moved in with her. And um, and I remember after two weeks, I called up my dad to so say, I've got to come home. I'm, I was on the doll, I was signing on, I weren't really doing nothing. I said, I don't want to do down here if I, I'm not doing anything in Rugeley. He's like, you can't come back, I'll give you room away. So what do you mean you give me room? He said, oh, your, your brother's mate's moved in, so you can't come back. And he, and he was saying, to, he said, if you come back now, you'll regret it. You're gonna regret it, so just stay and stick it out. And I did, and after a while, my auntie, she come to me, she goes, I've got a course for you to do. I've got this course, and I said, what is it? She goes, contemporary dance. I said, I'm not Auntie Arson, I'm not dancing. She goes, why not, go do it. I said, no, I'm not dancing, I only dance when I'm, you know, five beers deep and I'm on a dance floor. I can't, what am I gonna do? What type of dance? She goes, contemporary, go do it. So I went along to the first session, and it was the best thing that I've ever done. That that three months doing that, it was with a company called Dance United, and I don't think they're around now. And that was the best, yeah, just the best thing that I ever did, and set, and set me on this path. And the performativity of it, I loved it. And I remember, I remember my mum and my dad. I was always a bit worried about what my dad might say when he come and watch me, because he, he, you know. He, he, the kind of household that I grew up in and stuff I was a bit worried and he come and I just remember there was this lift I got lifted up because I was quite small so everyone lift me up and I look and I can see my mum my dad and they brought me grandma no one told them <laughs> brought me grandma and my grandma's tearing up I'm looking at her tearing up going oh she's proud of me so then I start tearing up on the stage and anyway it all carries on and 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 yeah, they caught me out of that because they never told me my grandma was coming to watch me. I was so happy that she came to watch because they'd heard, oh, Josh is doing dance, what is he doing dance? And my grandma, she's, she used to give the best hugs. She passed away and I bless her, but she used to give the best hugs. She's like, I'm so proud of you. And um, 
I did that, and then. And what did your dad say after this? He was pr- He loved it. He said, I did a good job. He said, I love when you did the lift. I love when you did that. I love doing all this kind of stuff. So he really, he really enjoyed it as well. Did that surprise you, your dad's response? Yeah, hugely so. I was, I was anxious before, and it, that, I think that was my stupid preconception of him in in terms of thinking that he wouldn't be proud because I was doing something that was a bit different you know my other brother's in the army my other brother he's been doing quite a lot of warehouse jobs and he my other brother loves his garden and all that kind of stuff um, so doing the theatre and the performance was always a bit like what? and like I said as a youngster it was always football, football, football and I got after that I started searching for a job and I found a job in Hackney with a theatre company called Immediate Theatre uh, run by a lovely woman called Joe Carter and that's still going and I worked there as a peer facilitator and it was just it was being the branch between the creative team and the participants and it was my job to just maybe help them out with a bit of performing I didn't really know what I was doing I was just like oh yeah that bit looked good maybe we try this bit and um, or jumping in when they needed an expert hands to act and just showing them like oh just go for it don't be don't be scared and um I did that for nine months and in about the last three months we had a placement student from Central who came and I just kind of said to her, I said, listen, I really enjoy this. I really enjoy working with young people and doing the drama and doing all that kind of stuff. What would you suggest? And she said, go and do the drama applied theatre course at Central. Central School of Speech and Drama. Yeah, and she says that'll be right up your shop. And I was like, I don't think I've got the grades or anything. She goes, don't worry about it. Go and do it. Go and just apply and see what happens. Because I had a got I got a Gold Arts Award from from being there. We run this pro, uh, project on the Pembury Estate, uh, Pembury Estate in in Hackney, and. Um, and I, I got this Gold Arts Award and that's all the real qualification that I ever had in drama or anything. My other was sociology, ICT and, and like media. And um, I, I applied, went to the interview, come away from the interview going, Jesus Christ, and I got Scooby-Doo if I'm getting in. I don't know what I was saying. I was just, I felt like I was flapping and floundering a lot. And I remember when I got, ex, I got, an, un, I got an unconditional because I already had my grades because I was a bit older, I was 21. I just remember I was sitting on my auntie's couch and I got the email and I just, I, no one was in. I just remember crying to myself when I, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. I got in and yeah, went central. And, and that's, then that was, I guess that's how the drama thing got together from, it started at Contemporary Dance, ended up with me going and studying. Well, it started with you getting sacked. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Sacked from sacked from the foundry. You should have invited your boss to see your, your Contemporary Dance. Oh yeah, show. get him down. Say, yeah, come have a look at me, look what I'm doing now. This was you, this was all you, this was. And what was the course you did at Central? Uh, drama, Applied Theatre and Education. And what was it like there? It was, it, on the, on the first day, I got called a proletariat. I didn't know what it meant. Yeah. Did so you look it up? I did. I went and Googled <laughs> it, and then I had a little chat with a lad after. I so said, we need to have a little... Uh, Who called you, you that? Oh, this lad, can't car, car, car his name. But he, did call, he called me proletariat. I was Why like, did what? he call you that? I don't know. Getting out, we're having a little conversation. He goes, oh, you're right, proletariat, you are. I was like, what? What are you talking about? I don't know what that means. And that was one of my memories of it. I chose an option there called uh, Gender, Sexuality and Performance and that opened up my mind to a lot of things that I would never never have engaged with. We did like sessions on sissiness and breaking down deconstructing masculinity and a lot of feminism and, and all this kind of stuff that I'd never interacted with before and that's one of my key takeaways in being able to engage with that. I, I, I loved that element of just opening my mind up to things that I'd never, never even thought of or knew about 
and it ended the the culmination of that was me writing my dissertation on um masculinity and its performativity in relation to class so working class masculinity and maybe i guess more upper middle middle class um masculinity and arguing somewhat that maybe masculinity in itself is i guess a patriarchal tool in in terms of men are taught certain things that aren't beneficial to them but yet they still try and enact them so i i, I enjoyed that and that was the first time i directed at, at central because on your third year you got to choose whether you i think you wrote a script you performed or, you're di- or you directed I knew that I couldn't act for shit <laughs> after <laughs> after first year and second year. I, I was like, "Well, I ain't doing that. I, I just want to let me try the di- let me try the directing and see how that goes for me." And I really enjoyed it. I remember working with 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 one of my best mates called Joe there, and we were devising it. And I would be so anxious. I'm like, "Joe, I have a Scooby. Can do what I'm doing, mate. I don't." Like and he's just trust the process, trust the process. I'm like, I don't know what you mean. What do you mean, trust the process? And in the end, it come good. And 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 like I said, I enjoyed it. We created a piece around around mental health. A young man dealing with the suicide of his of his friend and how he and how he dealt with that. And and then yeah, that that was it. I guess I fin I finished finished at um at Central. I'm curious about your time at Central though, just because I'm a little bit het up about this this comment that someone calling you a proletariat, you know, a worker. Mm. Were you aware of your own uh, class background, uh, social background when you were at university? What did, did that? That's when of- that's when it became that. I can't remember. Who I was, that's when it became I became aware of it because back in Rugeley, the people that I grew up with. We because it's an ex-mining town. You're like, well, everyone, everyone's kind of working class, from what I can tell. Yeah, there were one or two, there's one or two areas that you're like, oh, that's where all the rich people live. And but until you leave and come out of that that environment, you're not aware of it until you get there. And that that lad, I ended up living with that lad, right? And and there was a, I remember this moment when. Because I do, I do a lot of hospitality work to keep to keep going and keeping the grinding. I remember it was just grating on me, grating on me, grating on me. And I went upstairs to him one day and we were having a little chat. And I said, I don't know if I can keep doing this. And he said, well, Just quit your job, quit your job. I said, I can't quit my job. How's the rent going to get paid? And I, I asked him his question. I said, If you quit your job, what do you do? He said, Ask me. I, I ask. I ask. I get some money from my uh, trust fund. And I was like, Okay. And I, I, I was like, uh, cool. And I, ju- I, he just, he just couldn't understand that I could just couldn't quit the job. But the little moments like that is where you start to become aware of it, and you're like, okay, cool. There are things, certain things in place that that maybe make it a little bit more difficult and and stuff like that. But I've always tried to not let it get me down. I always try to be so good they can't ignore you. That's that's what I keep trying to say to myself. Just, just. Just keep keep grinding, keep going, and keep working at it. But when you first became aware that you came from a social background which was not the main social background of the other students at Central School mm. of Speech and Drama, what what did that feel like? How did, did you sort of go, oh, hang on a second, there's something different here, that these people come from a place of privilege and power that, that is not my background, and so I'm going to perhaps have to work harder than them to prove myself as as an equal or or or, or as a better as a, as a director mm. yeah i guess so i when when i when i because I've, ne- I've never seen myself as an academic so I, st- I struggled a lot at central anyway in terms of in in terms of 
the workload and, and stuff like that and, and not having like like having to go to work and at the weekends and and maybe if you you know say because the work the work that we did you sometimes you'd get a project to go okay go work on that project and I'd have like five days so instead of being able to just go let me let me work on this project Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday I might go well, I'll go work on Tuesday actually I'll go work on Thursday and I, so I got a bit of cash to help me out with the bills and all that kind of stuff so I guess in terms of having time to 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 concentrate on the studies was somewhat affected and then when when we had time off for say Easter or Christmas and stuff like that I won't go back to Rugeley I doubled down on the work in hospitality to tide me over so I guess in that regard I, w- I wasn't able to spend as much time sometimes on oh, that, I guess I, you can always do more do you know what I mean you always look back and oh, I could have done a bit more on that on that essay I could have done a bit more on that essay but but the, the element of having time to to really double down on the work and stuff like that was was something now looking back now you mention it maybe that's something that was 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 a bit more difficult for me but I, me- I remember I, I, f- I found out that if because I, I weren't used to reading I never never did any reading my parents never seemed to read apart from the paper and I remember then we have to start reading and doing all this stuff I was like Jesus man there's so much reading <laughs> why are you always reading stuff so I've got to get down this reading I remember I found it really hard to to to, to do the reading and I I found out that it. Someone, someone said, "Oh, you, you, go and get yourself checked out for dyslexia." I was like, "Okay, cool, I'll go do that." I went for the test, and they just told me I was lazy. It's like, oh, "I think you're being a bit lazy." I was like, "What? Are you sure?" Yeah, but I, 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 I. Because it is notable, Josh, that I read your bio, and you you s- d- deliberately specify, I think, in the first or second sentence, that you come from an ex-mining town, mm-hmm. that you are a working-class theatre director. Mm-hmm. So you're you are proudly um, nailing your colours to to the mast, there, aren't you? You're, yeah. you're you're saying this is who I am, yeah. and I'm unapologetic about it. Yeah. And is that because you're saying that as a almost kind of like a, a fuck you to the establishment of the, the of the of what a theatre director is is seen as as being? I want someone in Rugeley to see it. That's the re- I want someone from back home to see that you often become what you see. So when when you're growing up, when I was growing up, my choices were to go and work in, in the factories like my dad was doing and my mum was working in factories as well and she did some working cafes and stuff like that. They're my choices. And I want I want I want maybe someone to see from Rugeley. He's from where I'm from, and he's doing that. That's that's really cool, man. And it, I'm not, I don't, I do, and I do a lot of the work that I do for my brother. There's a conversation that I remember distinctly with my brother. My my brother never did, never did too good at school. School weren't his bag, and we had this conversation where he, I said, "What do you want to do? What do you want to be?" And I was, I was, I think just out of university, just out of central, and he said, "I want to go to uni like you." And I said, "Well, go then." And he said, "I can't." I said, "Why can't you go?" He said, "Cause I'm stupid." I said, "You're not stupid. Why do you think you're stupid?" He said, "Cause I never did no good at school." And 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 I just said to him, I said, "Listen, if you want to go to uni, you can go. Don't be letting anyone tell you that you can't." Or, but it's t- he's starting to get into it now, and and I, he's starting to imagine things for himself that he could be, and he wants to set up a business with his garden and all this kind of stuff. And it's taken him nearly ten years of being out of school to start to be able to see things for himself. And I just want people to see that there's a, I guess, a different option to going and doing the stuff like that. Not that that it's bad but to see maybe that okay 
I can also do that. Let me try that. That's what I think. I just want people to try and try and try. And in the work that I create, I want there to be f- to be a space for the imagination to start doing work and not to just give everything to everyone. I want I want people. My perfect audience member is my brother, and I, and he, and I want him to come and watch the show and start to imagining and creating a world for himself without everything just just given just given to him but yeah it's, it's really important that I, I want when I was growing up in Rugeley there's if I said to you Dan tell me someone that come from Rugeley apart from me I couldn't I couldn't tell you anybody exactly and I I, I, I not that I necessarily want to I guess be that person but I want the young people there or people there to go he comes from where I come from he comes from the same background as me and he's gone on and he, he, he's, he's I guess doing the directing and, and, and or doing dancing or, or doing something that's a bit more that's a, not necessarily a, a a route that they would see for themselves just the options there you should go back to your old school Josh give an assembly yeah maybe if they take me I, I don't know if I was that memorable. I was just keep keep me head down at school. Yeah, not, apart not, from being thrown across drama class. Yeah, no, I saw that one though. Okay. No, I keep oh, yeah. that one down. Okay. Josh, how did you start uh, your relationship with this place with the Young Vic? So I started my relationship with the Young Vic in I can't remember what must be about three, two, three years ago now. And I was I, I was lucky enough to get a job at the Royal Court on as a development trainee. I was working at the development train. My thinking was... The fundraising let, team. Yes. Yeah. Let me find out where the cash comes from and how the cash works, and then maybe I can try and do something myself. I said that in an interview. I can't believe they gave me the job. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I remember... And then you start you start interacting with directors and you start you start chatting and you go, ah, oh, they're, they're just normal people like me. And I, I've had a little crack at that before and I quite enjoyed it. Maybe it's something I'd like to pick up again. And I got drunk at the Christmas party and plucked up the courage to talk to um, Roy Alexander Weiss. I said to myself, Roy, your job's really cool, man. I'd like to do what you do. And he pointed me in the direction of the intro to directing course. He was with uh, Bolhan Obisessan as well. And they, them two together said, apply for that if you're interested. And that's the best place to go. And I remember applying and and I, and I, got, I got onto the course and, and did a week's work with with Sasha Wares and um, later on would do the the second week again with Sasha Wares working with actors and and stuff like that so the in, the intro to directing course is where it really all started for me in terms of maybe I guess starting to see myself as a director and the Royal Court they were they were so good to me I got to assist Hamish on um, Hamish Peary on on prime time there um, I was I was shit I was terrible I was all over I didn't have a scooby do what I was doing I was I was doing my best to just help out where, wherever I could but I'm, I was really grateful um, to them for that for alignment up because I was still working in the development team oh, wow. and the development team was like no problem go and go and do that and 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 that was, I'll be forever grateful for them for allowing me that time to go and to go and see a process and and see how all of that stuff worked. Um, and that was, I guess, then I was the the, the young Vicky. They do so many great like one-off workshops. Or they do springboard as well, which was great that I did with Nadia Latif, where brought in all kinds of different creatives to work with us, from writers to I guess. Um, 
opera directors, um, directors who specialise in one one per one people shows and Springboard's uh, the name of the initiative. Yeah, yeah. absolutely in, in incredible. And I did something as well. I think it was called replay. I did replay as well, where we did um, a short monologue um, from the My England series, and that was great. You got you got to work with an actor who auditioned the actor and and and. And I did that. I really enjoyed. It. I got given um, like it was like a proper poem. I remember now. I'm going to give you something. I got some. I got an idea to give you. And I was like, okay, cool. What's going to give me? And he gave me something that I was just like. I saw. I was like, I'm going to do this. I think that's the reason to stretch me to to see what I was coming up with. And it forced me to learn learn new stuff and 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 engage with a different way. I guess to direct something because the, mu- the the music, the, the the language and the dialogue was so poetic. And and I had to really, I, I looked at a lot of Shakespeare and all that kind of stuff and his iambic pentameter and all because none of this and I, I never had no Scooby and I always oh, Shakespeare why I bother about him and then when I started to look into it I I appreciated more I guess the craft of of what he's done because before that 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 I was bothered. Um, so yeah, I, and like, like I said, still now I'm on the Genesis Directors Network, which is great. You get to interact with other people on on there who who, who are directors too and designers and and link up and they come up with ideas for um, sessions that we can do, and 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 then every now and then you get sent emails about new sessions that are going on. And you apply for them as well, and it's just the, it seems like there's just an amazing continuity to keep the training going. All of and, this training is free. Exactly, and for someone like me who who you know, I, st- I still work hospitality. I'm still going away at the weekends and doing that. And sometimes, in you know, I'll do I'll do a full seven days. You know, I'll do full seven days if I have to. And you know, a lot of people within this industry will be doing that and doing different jobs here and there. And then in the evening, I can come to one of these, or I can, or I can take a day. The, it's a zero-hour contract, and sometimes a bit terrible. But if I can just go, not today, I'm not working today, and I can come and do some training here. So that that element of of it is just amazing because I can, can continue to just try and improve my craft through 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 these sessions that that the Young Vic uh, put on through through the directors network. It's interesting what you say about a zero-hour contract because um, they're widely condemned as something which is which are very very bad. But for some people within the creative industries who are trying to cut their teeth as writers, directors, or, or actors, they seem to kind of allow people to both have the opportunities and also have a have a day job. Yeah, if I never had that, that'd be screwed. Josh. Can you tell me all about the reason why you're at the Young Vic at the moment, which is the Jumper Factory? What's all that about? So, yeah, I'm here at the moment. We're, we've just finished rehearsals today, actually. Um, the show, The Jumper Factory, written by Luke Barnes, is going to um, home in, in Manchester for, for a, a nice little run out there. But we'll, I'll go from the start. Yeah, do. Tell us right from the beginning. What is it? So... I, I've, do, I've done the intro to directing, I've done the phase one, I've done the phase two, I've been going through that, I'm like, okay, I need to start assisting, I need to start trying to get some jobs, and I get an email from Rob, Rob Lehman, who's the head of participation here at the Young Vic, um, and he said, I've got a project that I think you might be interested in, assisting Justin Oderbear, and I said, okay, cool, he says, you need to come and speak to Justin, and the, the, the project was a parallel production to a brother's size, um, 
and the, the, the premise was they're going to take the show A Brother's Size into Wandsworth Prison and then they were going to offer and invite prisoners to take part in a project um, a response piece to that show led by Justin and I would be assisting him um, however he, ne he needed me to so we, so we went into the prison we got all kinds of training. I'm now like a key holder in the prison, so I know how to do all the doors and all this kind of stuff. And we was working in this amazing chapel, and um, we went in and working with Justin, practicing some kind like kinds of like um, performance stuff with the prisoners. And they they would go away and they would they would they would talk with Luke about stuff that. Uh, about Luke Barnes, the writer. Luke Barnes, yeah, and and the premise was we wanted them to concentrate on the, this element of a family and love that they'd kind of seen in in a brother's size and what that meant for them for them in the prison and being in HMP Wandsworth, and like I said, they would go away, they would chat to Luke, and 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 me and me and Justin would, I would help him in terms of the performance aspect for the prisoners, and. Um, it's terrifying trying to note a prisoner sometimes like, <laughs> and if they say no they don't like it like yeah cool we'll do it your way that's fine no problem <laughs> whatever you want to do all, 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 all good um, so that that process was incredible getting to know these men is such an eclectic mix as well you've got like a, a, a guy in there who who's the, the librarian within the prison so intelligent the most intelligent bloke that I've ever met in my life just used to love listening to him and then you've got a young a young lad in there who you know who's an ex-gang member he, he's like I want to do my GCSEs and it was just like a beautiful moment where the two of them come together and if they weren't in prison they most of them would have never crossed paths and the older gentleman was like he, the young lad said I'm trying to get my GCSEs I need some help with a test can you help me and he, they'd be over on the pan piano after rehearsals just helping him going oh if you do this if you do it he's like oh really no way nice one um, so we went in created this show and the, the hardest thing was was like one session you'd have like 10 people and then the next session you might only have six because four of them we can't get out you can't, you can't get them out of the cell because either the people don't want them out or they're, they're having the a, people the, the prison wardens yeah like yeah. the guards and stuff like that just, oh, he's been a bit troublesome today we, we don't want to let him out because we don't want something to happen it's like okay cool and having to I guess navigate that as well and sometimes you'd like walk in and you'd see a fight happening one time you walk in there's water just running everywhere because someone's literally ripped their toilet out of their cell and there's like a line in there that, that in, in the play it says you know someone rips the sinks and the toilets out of their cells because sometimes they do that if they can't get out for, for an hour or whatever it is that they need out of, the, out of prison so you're walking in through all this and trying to get your mind ready to perform and, and so is it a verbatim piece so Lucas is interviewing the prisoners and putting yeah, it on paper or what so I think yeah so he, he, would, he would chat to them and talk to him. I think it's more testimonial in that they would they would talk to him about their experiences and then he crafted it into I guess like a, a sort of fractured narrative it's all about how it could be anyone it's not just one person it could be anyone in this situation that gets themselves in, in into this situation so we, we the way that Luke's written at the form of it is to allow that to, you could do the show with one person two people we ended up doing it with six and when we brought out it was with six but that's because in the prison it was with six you know what I mean but the, the the piece itself is very fluid in terms of how it could be done so Luke would talk to them we would ask them questions and then we'd go away and, and, and write and when we brought when we brought the first um, the first draft they didn't like it they said the story was too easy 
because we were, we, were, we were trying to concentrate on this element of hope but they was like it's not like that it's not how difficult it is to stay straight in here and one of the prisoners said, he said if you want to go to university to become a criminal to come to prison he says because you can come in for a petty crime but you're going out more hardened than when you come in because you got all people in here with so much knowledge. I remember that when the guy with the key, who, who were training us how to do the keys, he says, "Don't let the prisoner see him for too long." Like, why? So they got the, the amount of time that they got in there. They can look at your key, take a note of it, and then they might be able to craft one themselves. Like really? He's like, "Yeah." But that guy who used to come with us. He says, "Don't do this, or she might get beaten up." Don't do this, or she might get beaten up. Whatever you do, don't do that because you might get beaten up. That's all his training was for us. He's like, "Okay, whatever you do." don't do anything else we're going to get beat up but the the time what happened then was the 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 show we came we, the plan was to, I think always to take it to the Youth Arts Festival in Birmingham pause there for a second Justin, because surely you can't take the prisoners on this tour because yeah. they're in prison Exactly, and I'm, I remember after we fi- after we finished the second because they did they did the show in there, and the show in there was so magical. They brought in they brought in the the prisoners from the wing, and as, as audience. Yes, as audience, and then some invited members um, as as well, because uh, the the plan was to originally bring family members and and loved ones and everything. But the it, it, I think logistically it was just so difficult to be able to cater for that. So we brought in the the men from from the wing and one one of the prisoners he, he, he got up and he just said he said you've said everything that I wish I, I could say and 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 thank you for that and and it was just such a magical moment to watch that connection of them opening up to one another and 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 seeing that there was so much commonality and oh you go through that too I go through that as well and maybe they'd not talked about that before and there was this one guy who at the end he just walked out and he was crying and I went after him and I said what's up and he, and he and he he said to me he says I don't know whether they're clapping because they enjoyed the performance or they're going to go out and do something about the injustices that we kind of face in here. And and at that point, when I find out that that Justin wouldn't go ahead with 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 going to the Youth Arts Festival, and then they wanted me to to look after it and direct it, we it was very important for me that the voices of the prisoners were in there. So we, I was lucky that they got a, a video recording of of it. Um, and so the sound spoke with the sound designer to to take the start of the piece of introducing the piece by one of the prisoners and put that before our show, and then the end of the pe- and then the end of the piece as well is is the prisoners from Wandsworth finishing it as well, and we hear them uh, uh, do that, and the the lads that perform it now they just sit back and they and they enjoy that and take that in. Gotcha. So it's it's the prisoners themselves that play their own roles uh, when you performed it at Wandsworth Prison, and now that's it's, it's a group of actors playing playing those roles. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Great. And so, how did you um, cast these actors then? Um, so we we put out a call for. I think it's like Lambeth and Southwark. There's a mailing list for young actors who are um, interested in becoming actors and becoming performers. And I mean, I'm, I'm saying like I did this. Rob did all this stuff. <laughs> Rob, Rob's worked tirelessly on this. Bless him. He's worked really hard. And he 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 sent out this email and and we put on there. You know, you've got to have an interest within the. Um, 
I guess, the prison system and, and, and have some form of a relationship to it. We never, we never... In order to keep that authenticity. Exactly, and have a connection to it. And we, we never said, oh, you've got to have done this or committed a crime or anything like that. We, we It was just that we need to know, you have to have an interest in this. And they come along to the audition, had a little look at how they move, got them to read some lines and, 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 and stuff like that. And it was very important to me that they, they didn't come in, I didn't want people to come in and just like, perform it I didn't want not to be very very performative just to be a conversation between the the actor and and the and the uh, the audience and for it to not be oh look at me acting and performing as a prisoner that's not what we wanted so trying to find young people who 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 were like that and, and, and just very conversational in their tone and and stuff like that and we ended up casting six six young lads to come and take part in in the project and we kind of during the process um we, we went into the prison we went back into the prison um to meet some of the men who performed it originally and and the cast members got to ask them questions and we performed a few bits for them and it was so interesting because sometimes they'd go oh that's my bit that's my bit i said that bit and and their excitement was great and then they started to direct the 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 actors and the phones oh, you know how you do that bit well, it's not like that it's like this or it's like this and the actors were like looking at me he's like okay i was like yeah man go for it enjoy yourselves have some fun with it because as an actor it's always different to play a fictional character to playing somebody that exists in real life but I suppose there's another layer there when mm. you're playing somebody who is in prison and this is their story and it's so mm. raw mm. and so and so authentic they, they, they must have been really nervous your actors yeah I, do you know what they were such a close knit group we got so lucky with how, how well they gelled together they just they, their their vibe together was absolutely incredible. They just after after like that first week we went up to Birmingham, and for the youth festival. Yes, was, for yeah. the youth festival and performed, and it was such a great thing for them as well because they got to see other performers and all this kind of stuff. Um, so that was that was great for them as as young performers as well to see other young performers and interact interact with them, especially because the the lads and they're all Londoners. And to go to Birmingham, to go to a different part of the country, and I, th I don't think that many of them had, had, had cause I, I, London's such a bubble. It's a, it's a huge bubble. You go to most parts, of, even other even other cities, are not like London. London is so unique in itself, in, in 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 what it is. And for them to just get out and and experience a different kind of lifestyle in in in, in being in in Birmingham was really really good for them. And I think they benefited quite a lot from from going out there. Where else did it go? So we went to the New Wolsey Theatre as well. Um, Ipswich. Yes. Yeah. So a gentleman watched watched the show. Um, he he watched the show in Birmingham, and no, no, his young people watched the show, and he never got to watch that. And they said, "You got to see it. You got to see it. You got to see it." And he said, "I'm I'm not going to get a chance to see it. How about you come to New Wolsey? We do this night. You come along and you can perform." So okay, sweet, we come do that. And when we went to New Wolsey, it is the same kind of thing. It's like, why is this place? It's so weird. It's so different to London, and and and. It, I was like, yeah, because you, the, the, I know arts funding is is not what it should be, but if you go outside London, like in Rugeley, we got the Rose Theatre. I don't think I ever saw a show go on in that joint. 
and that's one thing that I want to do I want to go back there and try and open that up and do something with it Maybe when I'm a bit older that's one thing that I would like to do but we're going to the New Wolsey Theatre and they're like what like what, what's going like they just weren't used to the fact that it's a good theatre the New Wolsey Theatre yeah it is good space no it is absolutely incredible but they that for them to see like even the town how the town was and stuff like that and all the football statues you've got Bobby Robson there yeah. and you've got Alf Ramsey yeah yeah <laughs> so we went went New Walls then we went to the Bristol Old Vic as well that was amazing and that was a challenge because the stage there was different and we had to do a few different things and I remember chatting to him I was like boys listen right, I need you to get on board with this because I'm, I'm I've not I've not staged anything in this before Let's let's work together. Let's let's come come through this with me because I'm 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 I guess I'm just trying to use gut and instinct, and I need you lot on this. And they they we we, we came together, bless them, and we switched up some of the staging, which was quite nice. We went to the Bristol Old Vic, and now and now yeah, we're off to home at Manchester. And obviously, it did um, a week here at the Young Vic. Um, in the Maria space. Amazing, so people can catch it at home in Manchester. When's it on? Uh, from the 10th of September to the 14th. 10th to the 14th, okay, amazing. Josh, it has been such a pleasure and a joy talking to you. Uh, <laughs> I never knew you were a contemporary dancer. Uh, and I wish you and the lads all the very best for the run of the Jumper Factory. And I really hope that you open that theatre back in Rusey. Yeah, me too. Cheers, Dan. Thank Invite you. Me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Off Book by The Young Vic. If you'd like to hear more conversations with some of the most exciting people in theatre, subscribe to our podcast 